If you're new here, my name is Jeremy Lucarelli. We're pumped that you're here. If you're in the back and you're kind of looking around for a seat, there's this whole general area right here where no one is sitting, and it's a, probably a little bit more comfortable than those chairs that you're sitting in. Any takers? Any takers? Any takers? No. Okay. All right. Romans 8, we there? Yeah? Cool. All right. Uh, last week, momentum, remember where we were, we were talking about how, we, we talked about relationships, and uh, we had a, a good time talking about it. We talked about dating relationships, right girls? Yeah, remember that? No? Remember that, Holly? No? Okay. Great. This is off to a great start. Okay. Um, we talked about how it'd be kind of weird if we said to someone, you know what? I'm going to go out on a date tonight. Who are you going out on a date with? Well, God. Oh, okay. You're one of those. That'd be kind of weird. And you sat and you had a conversation with God. And we talked about relationship in that when we wanted to, we wanted to be in relationship with God, we, we likened that to our relationships that we have on earth. And sometimes in our relationships that we have on earth, our view of God is, got, is kind of tainted because of these relationships that we have on earth. For example, our fathers, our relationships with our dads. Sometimes it's hard for us to approach God as heavenly father because of earthly father, whatever that means. Sometimes it's hard for us to approach God um, in vulnerability. He knows everything about me. He, he gets me more than I get me. And, and yet we still try to feel like sometimes we have to hide from God or we have to, we have to put on these pretenses in our relationship with God. And so... What we did last week is we went to Galatians chapter 4 and we went to Romans chapter 8. And they said kind of the same thing. We compared and we contrasted two relationships. The relationship of a slave and then a, the relationship of a son. Those of you that are here last week, give me some, give me some slave characteristics. You remember? Scared, operating out of fear. What else? No reward. I have to. Obligation. Anything else? No freedom. No hope. The only hope you have is death. That's real hopeful. Okay. What else? Somebody said something and I missed it. They had to work to earn love and acceptance. Yesterday at lunch I was... Uh, had a conversation with some people who had recently returned from Germany and they went to the concentration camp, Dachau. Anybody been there? My wife's been there. I haven't been there. Um, do you remember in, maybe you saw in your history books that outside of the gate there was this uh, phrase in German that, um, anybody remember what that phrase was? Work will set you free. And so the slave mentality is the more I work, the more I put into it, maybe I might have freedom. And then once you get into the concentration camp, you realize that's a big lie, right? It's the same in our relationship with God. If we think that work brings freedom, does it bring freedom? No, right? Okay, so then jump over to son. Tell me about the characteristics of a son. Love. Wants to do things, freedom, 
an inheritance, peaceful relationship. Nice. Discipline out of love. In fact, when you're experiencing discipline, it's like, oh, my three-year-old, oh, you love me, Dad. Thanks. No, we don't really get that a lot when we're being disciplined. Anything else? A son? Sorry? Forgiveness? Nice. So when we do something wrong, it's not, well, you're going to be beat, and that's it. So that beat into doing my will. It's when we are disciplined, it's for our good, and we get forgiveness. Anything else? Ownership? What do you mean? Okay, yeah. So you're a part of, all these things are saying, we're now a part of a family. Over here, slave, it's just me. Over here, family, I'm adopted as a son or daughter. Um, not only am I adopted into the family where there's this wicked stepsister or stepbrother, and I'm the adopted one, but I am accepted in the beloved of Jesus Christ because of what Christ did on the cross, adopted I'm an heir, I no longer, as Romans 8 says, have to live in fear and return to slavery, but now I'm a son. Very cool. Look at Romans 8 with me, and then we'll, we'll get past our little intro and into what we actually are going to talk about today. Um, go to verse, oh, let's just go to Romans chapter 1 and go all the way through. Um, go to verse 11. You ready? That was convincing. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he, God, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. So as a result of this, since the spirit lives inside of you, since the spirit gives life to your mortal body, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, pretty powerful, power of resurrection. Verse 12, so then, brethren, we are under obligation, not to our flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you lived or are living according to the flesh, what needs to happen? Say it a little, with a little more emphasis. You will die. If you are in the room today and you are living according to the flesh... What needs to happen? What? There's like three people saying. What's the text say? You must die. You must be crucified with Christ. Okay, let's keep going. That's a happy message for today. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But, contrast, if by the Spirit you are putting death the deeds of the body, you will Live. What's the difference between those two? Flesh, you're living according to the flesh. What needs to happen? Die. On the other side, what's going on there? According to the Spirit. If you're living according to the Spirit, what are you doing right now? Putting to death through the power of the Spirit in you the deeds of the body. And if you do that, what will happen? You will live. Then he gives some more explanation. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
Verse 15, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. Think of all the imagery that we just talked about. But you have received a spirit of what? Adoption. A spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy in Greek. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, heirs also of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. Jesus, then, is not only our Redeemer, He is our big brother. He is the head of this whole thing. If, indeed, we suffer with Him, so that we may be glorified with Him. Okay, so, last week, at the very end, we said, okay, let's, let's put the brakes on this. And some of you, after watching that video... Some of you are in a place where you don't necessarily feel the love. Remember that conversation? You don't necessarily fear, feel, not fear the love, feel the love of God in your life. And so we had this moment and we had this time where we said, okay, wherever you're at in this process, if you don't feel the love of God, there... We, we need to go to God with that. Why don't we feel love from God? And so we played this song. We, we tried to create this mood in this moment. No, we wanted you to have this opportunity to talk with God of, Lord, why don't I feel the love from you? And then we ended with, okay, if Romans 8, 15 through 17 is true, if I'm a child of God, and that's a big if, right? If you're not feeling the love, part of the problem could be what? You're not a child of God. If you are a child of God, the Spirit testifies that you're a child of God, but you might not be feeling the love, right? Okay, let me get all this together, then we're going to pray, we're going to move forward, okay? Um, that's a big deal. You might not feel the love, there might be some barriers. We, had, we played this song. Remember the song we played? No, it's been a week, okay? How he loves us, right? Anybody know the kind of the chorus? Or No, not the chorus, because it's he loves us. Uh, know the uh, verses of that song? Yeah, okay. Nod yes, and then say some of them. He is jealous for me. Scriptural. If the Spirit of God is inside of you, he earnestly, he jealously desires God, the relationship with the Spirit within the child of God. He jealously, cool, he is jealous for me with love like a hurricane. I am the tree. Okay, that's a little weird. I'm a tree in the middle of a hurricane. Cool. Bending beneath the weight of his love and mercy. Cool. All of you who are failed out of poetry class are like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. Devastated by God's love. Cool. All right. Give me some more words from this song. I've really I've been thinking a lot about it for the past month too. The first time I heard it, I was like, that's that's interesting. And then as I, it started to resonate, I was like, oh, you know, wow, that that's really, really cool. Um, anybody know the story behind this song? No? Worth a look up. I won't get into it today. I can't remember the guy's name. Anybody? David Crowder sings it, but it's some guy in a church in South Carolina who his friend died, and he wanted he was a worship leader, wanted to have an experience where what would his friend who was a worship leader who was leaving all of these kids behind, what would he experience and say when he got to heaven? And what would he say to us? And so this song came out. It wasn't supposed to be a worship song. It was supposed to be, man, life is tough right now. This is going to be really hard. What a message to a guy who's leaving his kids would be to the wife and the rest of the church community. Pretty cool. Worth a look up. Okay? Well, let's continue with this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we press forward to what we have today. God, we thank you so much uh, for your love. And Lord, we thank you for the, the imagery, um, for putting it in words for us like that uh, with, with this song. But we also thank you for what your word says that you, while we were sinners, demonstrated your love for us um, on the cross. And Lord, that doesn't make sense, the cross. Um, that, that's just the beauty of the cross and also just the scandalous nature of the cross that he who knew no sin became sin for us there on the cross. Lord, that, that just blows my mind. Um, and that it wasn't just for me, but it was for, for many more people. Lord, we thank you for the love of the cross. We thank you for the grace of the cross. We were so undeserving while we were yet sinners, while we were foolish, while we were disobedient, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures. You demonstrated your kindness, your loyalty, your love for us on the cross. That's awesome. As we think about the love of God today, Lord, we ask that you would continue to meet with us, continue to orchestrate situations in our lives to make these truths come alive continue to mess with us a little bit so that we get the, what the word says. Lord, continue to lead us by the spirit of God. Lord, for those that don't know you, for the ones that are still playing around with this thing and it doesn't make sense to them yet, or for those that are deceived, Lord, we have total trust, total confidence in your word and in the Holy Spirit to plow through all the deceptions and all the lies that they're believing. So Lord, we ask that you would do that. For those that are, are kind of Man, I don't feel the love of God. Lord, we ask that through the word, through the spirit of God, that you would communicate to their hearts. You know what they need. You know if it's encouragement, if it's a kick in the pants. You know exactly what they need. So do that. In this time, in our time of worship across the street, do that today as we focus on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Excellent. So we talked about this last week. This is where we ended. Most of us experience situations where either our guilt or our perfectionism keep us from experiencing the love of God. So there's this guy, he's on his knees, God, I don't feel the love. Two ways, two reasons why we don't feel the love. Guilt. Why would we not feel God's love because of guilt? I don't feel like I can approach him. 
I feel like I'm too dirty to approach God, right? You know anybody like that? Well, I got to clean myself up before I go back to God, before I approach God. Yeah? You know some people like that? Yes? Okay. Then perfectionism. How does that keep us from experiencing the love of God? They're both really related. If I don't do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, then God doesn't love me. God, I messed up, I screwed up, so you love me less than when I was really intimate and walking with you. Is that true? No. Okay? So how can Romans 15 through 17, 8, 15 through 17, how can that truth smash through the emotion of, I don't feel loved by God? Help me out with that before we get into our groups. How can that truth of God's love, the Holy Spirit inside of me crying out, Abba, Father, that relationship with God that He is my Father. I'm no longer a slave. I don't have to live in fear, all those things. How can that truth smash through the lie of perfectionism or the lie of guilt if I'm a child of God? Because it is the truth. Go ahead. Nice. The spirit inside of me, by the way, verse 11, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, the same spirit that is leading me because I'm a son of God, you're a daughter of God, that bears witness inside of me that right on you're a child of God. You're a child of God. You've been adopted. You're an heir with Jesus Christ. Awesome. See, a lot of times I hate talking about, how does that make you feel? Because when we do that, we base everything in our lives upon emotion. Well, I just wasn't feeling it in the worship service today. So we're saying that we only worship God when there's this tingly emotion feeling. Well, what happens when the tinglys go away? Those of you that were at camp a couple weeks ago, the tinglys have probably started to go away a little bit. What do you do? Is God more God at camp than he is in this room or across the street or in your bedroom or on that date or when you're sitting having a cup of coffee? No. He's there. You're just more aware of his presence when you focus in on the presence, right? Okay, so let's keep going. Let's talk about some of these barriers. Uh, Turn to John chapter 14. No matter how close you may feel with a, in a personal relationship with another human, you might have that friend that you can talk to. You might have that, that relationship with your parents where, I mean, you're close with them. The potential for intimacy with friends or boyfriend, girlfriend, or father, daughter, that kind of stuff, that pales in comparison to our relationship that is there that we can have with God through the Holy Spirit. Close friends may stick by you no matter what. If you have those relationships, that's great. My, my relationships with friends, hmm, we're friends for a little while, and then something happens, and then, you know, we're not friends anymore. Think, those of you who have graduated from college or who are in college like junior, senior year, are you still best friends with those people from high school? 
No, you don't give a rip what they think about anymore, right? All that stuff that you did in order to gain their approval, do you care anymore? No. So then all those people in college where you're like, oh, I've got to do this, be this, have this, wear this, to get their approval, what do you think is going to happen when you get out of college? You're not going to give a rip what they think anymore. What about when you get to uh, your first job, right? You see how that works and how we want so much to be liked by those people, but then several years later, anyway. Holy Spirit actually lives inside of you. Think about it. Every second of the day, the Spirit of God indwells you. We talked about last week how in the Old Testament was, well, this pillar of cloud and fire is leading us, so, well, the cloud's going there, I guess I'll go there. The cloud's going there, I guess I'll go there. And how that, some of us would like that. Lord, who do you want me to marry? Oh, well, there's a cloud. You're the one. If that would happen, that would be great. But the Holy Spirit lives inside. Where you are led by the Spirit of God, the pillar of cloud, fire, is in you, leading you. You just have to make yourself more aware of it. Listen to what David says in Psalm 139.7. Where shall I go from your spirit? You probably learned this a long time ago. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I rise on the wings of the dawn, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths of the sea, you're there with me. Okay, so where are you at right now in life? Do you feel like God's kind of distant? Where can you go from the Spirit of God? Nowhere. At this point, most of us start to wonder. And you can almost, if you had like the little 3D glasses and you could see what was going on in the room right now, it's like, ugh. Ugh. If all that's true, then, okay, then why don't I feel it? Why don't I feel that, that testimony, that the Spirit testifies with me, within my spirit, then I'm a child of God. Why don't I feel that? That's what we're going to talk about. Do me a favor, get in your groups, uh, five or six people. Um, you're like, groups, I, this was an individual thing. No, what we try to do is I, I spout some stuff out, you talk about it, you process it, throw it in the blender, then we put it all back together and we talk about it again, okay? So you can process a little bit more. Okay, so do me a favor, groups of five or six people, Move the chairs, turn around, introduce yourself, but don't exchange phone numbers yet. Get in there. Five or six. If it's less than five, you might be a little bit awkward. If it's more than six, no one. It'll be, it'll be hard. Fine, I'll just move. Now you're fine. All right, you good? Okay, look around. If if there's somebody that you don't know, which is very possible because there's a lot of visitors, there's a lot of people that are in and out, Just introduce yourself real quick, 
and say, hey, have you been here before? I'm a loser because I don't remember the 100 people that come in and out, but have you been here before? And if so, say, oh, good to see you again. You don't have to actually say you're a loser, just mental note. If they haven't been here before, don't make them feel all weird and like give them a hug and all that kind of stuff. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Don't apply that one, but maybe say, hey, we're glad you're here. Pumped that you're here. Um, Aren't you pumped that I'm here too? I don't know. Okay, enough talking. Let's go. Here's the deal. Here's the question. Why don't we feel close to him? Here's here's two things that I want to throw at you today, okay? One, I want you to ask that in your group. Why don't we feel close to God, okay? Talk about it for a second, then I want to hear what some of y'all say. See if it matches up with what what I thought. Okay, go. Okay, sounds like some good discussion going on, so I'm going to interrupt it. What are you saying? What, what, why don't we feel like that? If it's true, Psalm 139, if it's true, Romans 8, 15 through 17, Galatians 4, 16 and 17, if all that's true, which it is, right? It is, because it's God's word. Why don't I feel? Feel it. What are some what are some things you said? Colby, go for it. Yeah, they are. Okay. So interpretation of what you just said is I'm not basing my feelings off of the word. I'm going off of feelings. I'm tossed like a like a ship here, there, everywhere by the winds of my emotions instead of here's the bedrock foundation anchor of truth. And no matter if I don't feel like it's true, it's true. 
Okay, what else? Us focused on me? Shocking. Shocker. Go ahead, keep one. Cool. I'm going to need to get a definition, though. Ruse. Playing a game. Masquerade. We look good, but on the inside, we're not real. We wear the mask. Give me one more. Why don't we feel this? We don't put in the effort. Where are you? Go for it. Tell me about it. Right on. What's your name? Mallory. Mallory, I'm Jeremy. Nice to meet you. That's good stuff. Okay. Y'all remember those cheesy, well, let me step back. Some of you might still have some of these. <laughs> 1990, do you remember the cheesy Christian t-shirts where there would be a slogan that would come out like Pepsi uh, and then there would be a cheesy Christian t-shirt? Uh, Tommy Hilfiger and then there'd be like, I forget the one for Tommy Hilfiger. Anybody remember? Oh, I can't remember. Lost. Okay, there used to be this shirt that said, um, if God, if you feel like God has moved, does anybody remember the end of it? If you feel like God has moved, it's not God that's moved. You've moved. If you feel like God's not there, it's not that God's not there, it's you're not there. Or you've got the, the, the walls up and you're not allowing the Lord to come in. That was a really long t-shirt. It didn't say all that. <laughs> it just had some slogan that was catchy and lame at the same time, but I don't remember what it was. So, so that's what I'm thinking about here. If, if we're not there, then, okay, truth, we're not basing it on truth. We're not putting in the effort. We don't want to go back into slave mentality where we feel like it's all effort. But it does take effort. It does take discipline. Those of you that are doing the Axe Challenge, we're like on day 50. It's taken some effort. There have been some days where we've missed, right? Maybe several days, right? Maybe weeks that we've missed. And then, then something happens in our life and we're like, oh, I'm not basing what I know on the Word of God. I need to go back. That's why God allows circumstances in our lives in order to get us to that place where we recognize that this is truth. That emotions need to be based on truth. God has given us emotions and they can be redeemed. But they have to be based on truth. Okay? John 14, where you are. In John 14, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper. 
Let me get there. John 14. If you want to know a little bit more about the Holy Spirit, we've done this a couple times. We did it in here. We did it in the Acts challenge. John 14 through 16 is like Jesus saying, hey, I'm not going to be here anymore. They're all depressed. The disciples are depressed. And then he says, wait, it's for your benefit that I go. If I don't go, the helper can't come. Okay? So John 14, um, look at verse 15. If, or 14, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. That sounds like a good plan. We might want to put that into context, though. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. I will ask the Father. He will give you another, what's the word? Helper. Anybody have a different translation in here? Okay, give me, give me one at a time. What's yours say? Counselor. What was another one? Comforter. Advocate. Okay. Now, at first, I'll have to be honest, when I heard the word, he'll give us a helper, I, I immediately was transfixed back to like second, no, not second grade, kindergarten, where you got to be the teacher's helper. You remember that? Some of you are like, no, you're a loser. Do you remember that? Okay, that's not really, I think, what's going on here. Anybody know, and blow your minds, ready for it, anybody know the Greek word here, Greek scholars? Paraclete, parakletos, right? Strengthener. I will give you another strengthener. I will give you another counselor. Not like camp counselor. Hey, kids. Not like that. Not like biblical counselor. Tell me about your problems. Boom, here's the word. He, he does, he's more of that than camp counselor. But a strengthener one that lifts you up, one that kicks you in the pants when you need it, one that drags you when you need it, one that walks alongside of you, one that goes before you, one that's behind you, that's got your back. I will give you another paraclete. Jesus is saying, I've been here with you as your paraclete, but I will give you another one of the same essence that will lead you. Okay, so that demands the question. If Jesus says he's going to give us another comforter or strengthener, anybody know some stories or have you ever found yourself in a place where you need the comforter, the counselor, the strengthener to show up and to help you and to comfort slash strengthen you? Talk about it in your group. You got any stories? They might be personal. They might be from somewhere else in Scripture. Um, have you ever found yourself in a place where you absolutely needed the Spirit to help or comfort you? Okay? Go for it. Not everybody has to talk. If you have a story, share the story. If not, don't. Don't make one up. That'd be lying. Revelation 21.8. Read it. I had to write it a lot when I was a kid. Go.
We get one, at least one story, maybe two. Yeah? Um, those of you that just got back from Columbia, did you have to depend upon the comforter? Oh, my word, there's paramilitia all around us. I'm kind of freaked out. Oh, my word, I haven't shared the gospel in a long time. I know that's bad, but how am I going to do that? And you have to have the strength. You are put in that situation so that you, I have no idea what's going on here. I've got to be fully dependent upon the Holy Spirit. That's how it was for me when we went to Tanzania a couple, a couple months ago. I, I don't know the language. I don't know the area. I don't know the culture. I don't know anything that's going on. Catherine and I, Catherine was my teammate and some other friends. We were in this bus, and there's like 35 of us in this bus, and we're like, we're going to die. We are going to die. We were in the bus for two hours, and it was bad. I was getting sick. Catherine had some other issues going on, and we're like, we're going to die. We are going to die. We finally get to where, well, after two hours, people leave. People leave the bus. We're putting people out on these mission points. And then it's just Catherine and I in the bus with some other Africans that don't speak the language, don't speak our language very well. And we're like, where are we going? We get there. Then we start talking to people. And we're like, Lord, we are so insignificant. We are so small. How are you going to do this? Because we got to get out of the way. And guess what? When we got out of the way, the comforter, the strengthener gave us those moments to where by the end of the week, we were so in tune with what the Spirit was doing, it would be like, you need to go talk to that person. We're going this way. Go talk to this person. We're outside of a mosque and have a conversation about Christ with someone outside of the mosque. Let me tell you about Jesus. You're going here and going through all this law, law, law in order to find acceptance. Let me tell you about forgiveness of sins. Let me tell you about Jesus becoming sin for us. Awesome. Whereas if I would have gone about my business, gone about my way, and not listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit to divert, we'll show you a picture of the thing we saw every day, diversion, diversion, diversion. We had to go off-road in order to get back on the road. It was crazy. But if we didn't, if we weren't diverted by the Spirit of God or sensitive to the Spirit of God, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have experienced what it meant to live in constant fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Think of some biblical examples. Joseph. Remember our boy Joseph? What happened to him? Brothers, he's got family drama like nobody's business, okay? You think you have it bad? There were wives, there were um, basic love slaves, and they were all fighting with each other and having kids, and the competition was how many kids can you have, and the kids hated each other, and Joseph got the brunt of it. Joseph was then sold into slavery by his brothers, put in a pit because, oh, rescue plan, let's put him in a pit so he doesn't die. Great move. He's taken from a pit, put in slavery, moved to Egypt, long way, put as a slave in Egypt. Then he has all this stuff happen where this lady's trying to get with him every day, and he's like, no, no. He can't run away totally because he's a slave. And then he says, how could I do this great evil and sin against God and my master? So he's put into prison. He's working in the house, put into prison. All this other stuff happens. And the thing that it keeps saying over and over and over again in the text is, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Even in the pit, even in the, the house where he was working, even in the prison, 
and then even when it was good for him in the palace. Think about Ruth. Remember our girl Ruth? Think about Esther. She was put in a situation where God had to intervene. Even though Esther, the book of Esther, does not mention the name God at all, God is all throughout showing his providential hand in the life of Esther. Think of uh, our boys Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember them? What happened to them? Did God have to comfort and help them? Yeah, pretty much. No, we will not bow. Our God can rescue us from this. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. God allows them to go in the fiery furnace. And then as the king's looking in, what does he also see? There's somebody else in there with them. They come out. Their clothes don't smell. They come out. Yeah. Awesome. Think about our disciples. Think about what we're reading in Acts. Think about Paul having to be put down a, a wall in a city because people are trying to kill him. Do you think the comforter was with him? So what's a reason why we don't feel this comforter? Well, maybe our lives are way too safe. Maybe our lives are way too comfortable. See, if our lives are comfortable, we don't need comfort. If our lives are too safe, then we don't need the Holy Spirit. We do, but we think we don't need the Holy Spirit to lead us. I'm sure those of you that just got back from all these trips, Erin just got back from India this week. She was there for a couple weeks. I'm sure she has some amazing stories. Why? Because she was in that moment where she had to depend upon the Holy Spirit. As a believer, is there any moment in the day where we do not have to depend upon the Holy Spirit? No. We have to. Could it be that your God is not small, it's that your lives are too safe? So, appropriate application here is, Lord, is my life too safe? I don't share the gospel. Is my life too safe? Well, I don't really make my life with Christ known outside of the walls of the church. Your life is too safe. Well, I, I, I don't do mission trips, that whole like gun, being tortured, all that kind of stuff. No, your life is too safe. And there's been a lot of people that have lived safe lives for a long time. And guess what? There's a lot more out there that are lost. Why? Because the church in America as a whole, our lives have been too safe. It's been about our comfort. Everybody's like, great, that was awesome, real encouraging. It is encouraging because love, true love says, look, our lives are too safe. This is who God is. This is what God can be in your life. He wants to be this in your life. Let him be this in your life. And man, live the radically different life through the power of the Holy Spirit in you. It's cool. Very cool. So if you had a hard time coming up with a story, or if you had to think a while, or you had to think back to when you were like 16, guess what that means? Your God is too small in your mind. Your life is too comfortable, safe. 
Now, for those of you where your life isn't comfortable, thank you for that slap in the, in the face, right? For those of you that your lives aren't too comfortable, there's another wall that's prevalent among our generation. Maybe your life is too noisy. These people aren't leaving because they're mad at me. They're leaving because they're going to choir, okay? Some of them might be. Lori, are you mad? Okay, awesome. Okay? If you answered, we already hit that. Noisy. What are things in our lives that are noisy, that constantly demand our time, our energy? Shout them out to me. Our jobs, our iPhone, TV, radio. I feel very Baptist right now because we're hitting all these things, but TV, Facebook, come on. You're never on Facebook? Okay. What else? Well, I got to read the blogs because I got to be in with what they like or what they're doing or what they're thinking. Okay, uh, Rob, come on. Really? That can be noise? Yeah. What were you saying, Andy? Exercising? Obviously. <laughs> That's the noise of my life. Anything else? Your social life, what other people think about you? Having fun. Noise. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. We think we have to. Let me read this to you. One of the most observed and bemoaned aspects of life in the 21st century is the rapid pace of everything. So what you're saying. When we're not busy at work, we're on the phone talking to friends and family. Even inanimate objects demand our attention. Televisions, iPods, radios, newspapers, even though y'all probably don't read newspapers. Computers, books like the one that we're reading, Forgotten God, and so on. When was the last time you sat down quietly with nothing to distract you? Talk about it in your group real quick. When was the last time, I'm telling you, when was the last time, talk about it, talk about it. There's a follow-up question, what was it like?
Okay, hopefully you were able to go back to a place and you were able to remember, you were able to remember when you had no distractions, okay? You were able to remember when not even the phone was there. It wasn't a thing where you go out with your friends and while you're at the dinner table and you're talking to your friends, you also have the phone and you're doing all that while you're in conversation. There was nothing to distract you. Do you remember that? Did you go back there in your brain? Now, why is it that we don't have that more often? Because our lives are too noisy. I'm going to put something online for us later this afternoon, dfwgathering.com, and it's just kind of a thing for you to think about of what are some things in my life, maybe even right now the Lord is telling you, boom, you, this competes with my voice in your life every day. And if you really want to hear my voice, you might need to smash that up for a little bit. You might need to put that idol away for a second. You might need to do something about it right now. Your life may become so busy. It might even be church activity where you go from point A to point B all the time that you never really sit down and allow the Lord to cement the things that he's teaching you in your heart. Maybe you haven't been alone with God for weeks, maybe even years, some of you. Maybe taking the time to go through this time today is another distraction that is keeping you from allowing God to speak to your heart. If that's the case, you might need to set some things aside. You might need to push some things away. So I'm going to give you that later this afternoon. If you want that, it'll be on dfwgathering.com. I hope that our time together hasn't been too much of a slap in the face. I know that has been a little bit. You may have an incredible, vibrant relationship with God. Maybe he's more real to you than actually the people around you. If that's true, hallelujah, praise God, that's awesome. But that's the goal that we all need to be headed towards, not just some super Christian. That should be what we all want. Our purpose in talking about this is that that relationship through the power of the Spirit, is available to all believers, not super-Christians. The most important reason to pursue a relationship with the Spirit of God is that Jesus gave his life so that you could pursue one. I'll close with this. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us so that we might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. One of the main reasons why Jesus did that, uphold his glory and honor for God, but also so that we might have the Spirit of God within us to have that relationship. That's what God, God loves you that much to pursue you that much. It's cool. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you even for sometimes the hard truths of Scripture Lord, and how they show us, as somebody said earlier, how much you really do love us. Not that you want to beat us up, but Father, that these other competing things, competing voices in our lives, Lord, that that you don't want to compete. You're God. Your voice is what should determine our steps. And Lord, for those of us that are 
too comfortable, Lord. You desire to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can think or hope or imagine. You desire to allow us, like Gideon, to put all of our resources aside so that you show up and it is evident that the Lord is with us. We had no clue that God could be that big in our lives. Lord, I ask that you would take these hard truths and that you would chip off the, the, the hard stuff of our hearts and make us more like Jesus. Lord, make me more like Jesus today. Make us more like Jesus. Use the truth of the word. Use our time in fellowship with believers. Use our time in worship across the street. Lord, for you to speak to us. And may we listen. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for him becoming a curse for us. That's amazing. In his name we pray. Amen.